Have you ever wondered what it takes to be successful in the world we live in? Not to be considered successful, but to actually be successful. I have, and I want to know what it is that separates these people from the rest of us. Welcome to From the Top, where I, Rahul Sharma, a student of leadership at TISS Mumbai, will attempt to interview some of the most interesting and successful leaders amongst us mere mortals. These conversations will cover their journeys, their ambitions and their learnings along the way. Happy listening and happy learning. All right, uh, welcome everybody to From the Top. Today's episode is a special one. Uh, my guest for today is Lieutenant Colonel Ipsa Ratha. She has 21 years of experience in the Indian Army as a soldier, a leader and a human resource specialist. leading teams first as director of training and development and later as director of hr she is also currently pursuing an mba in human resource management from fms new delhi in fact she retired from the indian army just last saturday welcome ma'am and thank you for your service thank you so much rahul it's a pleasure to be here and i must say that i am very honored and extremely flattered that uh-huh. you have chosen me because uh, you know to figure here on your uh, podcast because i never thought that uh, i would be matter of uh, you know any such attention uh, the life is so mundane and I, you know how it goes uh, well ma'am you are flattering me in fact the honor is all mine uh, i'm so glad that you're willing to share uh, a part of your life and you know so, uh, i'm sure the listeners too are glad and they have a lot to learn today from you so uh, let's dive straight into the interview if you are okay with that sure absolutely sure so uh, i mean just to introduce the listeners again to the three questions format uh, the three questions are where do you come from where are you going and what have you learned along the way and uh, i'm sure this is going to be a very interesting conversation so uh, ma'am uh, let's start off with uh, where do you come from like what's your origin story so to speak okay so uh, originally i belong to odisha but i was born in jabalpur which is in madhya pradesh uh, i am from a army background my father was an army officer my mother was a teacher and uh, i have a sister uh later on she went on to join the indian air force oh wow so basically we are uh, cosmopolitan and we studied all over the country absolutely uh, not at one place you know how it is in the services every two years you get posted to a new place so right. you start all over again so uh, i did my graduation uh, you know at that point of time my father was retiring so i went back to my hometown because i didn't know where he would be getting a you know second innings uh, so right. i went back to my hometown which was uh, bhubaneswar and i did my graduation from utkal university in zoology honors and post that i did my post graduation in personal management so again a divergent kind of a profile right right uh of course after that you know for a while after the personal management i anchored for a television program which is like uh, something like uh, you know the yesteryears chitrahar right for a right a local right. television uh, so that also went on for some time and obviously you also understand being a defense kid that uh, i always aspired and uh, 
kind of uh, you know it was a yearning to join the army but right. since the uh, that facility or that uh, that uh, option was never there so uh, we could yeah. obviously right. so then you know sometime in 1997 is what i remember that we came across this advertisement just by chance because i didn't know that the induction or the uh, uh, it, you know in uh, the lady officers getting inducted into the army had started in 1992 possibly like uh, lack of awareness or whatever so i came across this advertisement and both my sister and i myself we applied my sister for the air force as a pilot and self for the army okay and finally i got commissioned in 2000 and my first posting was uh, amritsar wow so wow that's uh, in a nutshell how the story went of course lots of uh, icing to the cakes which i which are always there sure sure absolutely so uh, i mean were you inspired by i mean the closer you get to something you know the more you kind of put off by it so being an army kid yourself uh, and you know seeing how uh, i mean every two years you had to move to a new geography and not everyone kind of likes it right so did you have any aversion towards uh, the army at all were you always drawn to a career in the armed forces i was always awestruck and i was always uh, you know aspiring to join the army and i kind of always wished that i wish i had been a boy that i could have joined the nda or maybe uh, joined the o- uh, uh, never the ota rather uh, i am right. or nda that was right. always a yearning but since that uh, option was not there at all you know it was unheard of uh, of women uh, ever aspiring or uh, joining the army except for as doctors right, you know? right. Uh, of course that induction into army as uh, doctors for women was always there and sure. they have gone on to uh, you heard about lieutenant general kanatkar so right. uh, she she has attained the highest uh, possible uh, post which is post. Uh, but but at that point of time it was not there for uh, the normal regular army sure, so yes sure. that yearning was always there right. so when we came across this uh, it was actually a dream come true Absolutely. and like i said uh, it opened up vistas which had uh, which we had never thought about before right right absolutely right so uh, i mean so once you joined uh, the army how what was that process like did you go to the ota chennai chennai or uh, were you training somewhere else no we went to ota because uh, the, right now uh, recently the government has started this uh, induction or the women can uh, the ladies can uh, appear for nda exams also but okay. the only option Uh, about 22 years back was uh, through OTA so we went to OTA chennai and uh, i underwent a training of 6 uh, months uh, okay. post that i was commissioned on the 4th of uh, march 2000 okay and both of you were in the same batch you and your sister or were you no no like she she is senior to me she is oh. senior to me right yeah. right oh, okay so she was like uh, inducted about a year before you right was that how it was yes yes okay. it was exactly like that <laughs> right so i mean that would have been uh, like an interesting uh, dynamic between the two of you right or didn't like never really matter it was just like you know she must have pulled your leg about it 
I'm sure. No, never. In fact, never. you know, uh, that that's how I say that uh, she is uh, like my right arm. She has been so supportive, so encouraging. So there was never a kind of uh, rivalry amongst us. Uh, mm-hmm. We were always, you know, she was always uh, uplifting me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that support and that uh, mental kind of connect was always there. So I can't ever say that she has, uh, you know, pulled my leg about it. Nothing she was like in that. fact, uh, nothing like that. In fact, she was always, you know, kind of tiptoeing around me because uh, I mm-hmm. should feel bad about something. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So it was a bad patch, uh, although um, I'll talk about it later, of course, uh, when we come to it. But then, uh, yes, that's that's how life is. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, so how was the OTA experience as a, I mean, as a holistic experience, how was it? Because I'm sure you, you were one of the earlier batches, right? So... Uh, what... In fact, I was the 15th batch, not uh, very early also. Like I told you, uh, sure. this thing started in 1992 right. and I joined in 2000. So uh, there were already 14 batches uh, ahead of me. Okay, 14 batches. So there was a culture and everything in place already by that time, right? So uh, Not really. I won't say that because, uh, you know... Uh, women uh, being inducted and gradually it was very difficult for uh, different uh, rather not difficult it was very different for uh, the first batch because uh, it was still evolving we uh, the officers in the army they didn't know the male officers I mean they didn't know how they were to be trained what so it was all being it was quite uh, experimental so yes to that extent I would say that uh, things had kind of uh, they had solidified but then Mm. yes there are a lot of things which were to be you know have to be progressive things are always progressive there's never a static moment uh, to anything so I would take it that uh, they improved upon it further uh, in the kind of uh, training that was to be given because now like like I have already already mentioned, I underwent a training of six months. The current training is for 11 months as akin to the gentleman officers. Absolutely. So these are the things which you need to evolve and grow and, you know, mm. uh, progress. Absolutely. So I, I'm just trying to understand where you're leaning towards, you know, the human resource uh, profession or towards the training and development uh, vertical sort of where did that come from were you always analytical about you know how people underwent how people improved or was it something you picked up along the way how did that come up how did that come about uh you know uh, frankly speaking every officer in the indian army wears a number of hats Right. So like uh, I had already you know, said before that we are jack of all trades and we are supposed to be masters of all. Right. And when you are in uh, units or battalions, mm-hmm. you can understand that uh, you have to understand your men, mm-hmm. how, what makes them tick, what right. is affecting them, what is, mm-hmm. uh, and, and especially with this age of mobiles coming up with technology, it is right. all the more relevant and urgent because Absolutely. that reaction time is not there. With the, you know how it is with the millennials also. It's always right now. Nothing right. is, 
you know they don't want to wait for anything right. in the yester years what used to happen was like okay something back home happened and you used to re- receive a letter and mm-hmm. by the time you know the ma- matter would have blown over also so it used to take about 10 or 15 days for the letter to reach and uh, by the time obviously when the person manages to go back home or maybe uh, somehow get in touch that matter would have sorted out itself now okay. it's not that something happens and you know somebody gives a call and then that person is in uh, turmoil his mind is completely roiling and sure. his morale has hit his boots so right. it is those things and uh, more, more so at places which are completely cut off mm-hmm. uh, which are you know uh, where there is uh, less of interaction mm-hmm. there are posts which are you know completely cut off from the rest of the world so mm-hmm. it it gets pretty lo- lonely there right, so that right. feeling of isolation and everything it is very important for each officer to study his men to keep a very close watch so that you know nothing untoward happens absolutely absolutely yeah. and uh, yes uh, this training of course it's it's not like you know any formal training is uh, given to you sure. the training comprises of uh, firing uh, your physical fitness and of course there are certain subjects which uh, include military history your english and right. uh, certain other subjects science and technology and so and uh, so forth so right. uh, it, it there is no subject called uh, personal management or hr or anything else uh, or learning and development that that of course you pick up uh, yourself by getting inducted into the unit and being with your men sure sure so uh, where was your first posting straight out of ota then amritsar you said right? i yeah i went to amritsar okay so what was that so, experience oh, like it was uh, full of learning i would say because i can i still remember with about 3 3 months of service i was sent uh, i am from the asc by the way i'm from the logistic side so nice. that's army service corps so nice. we have uh, second line and third line battalions Right. So uh I was sent uh, with a convoy of 75 vehicles uh, to Kupwara uh, okay. to you know go on to the border areas with a brigade and all that. So I I was very excited about it. I still remember that that right. uh, my CEO had told me that uh, you know don't let these vehicles uh, scatter or go in piecemeal pockets because generally what happens is that uh, the brigade uh, they kind of distribute the vehicles so they are in uh packets of two or three and then you don't uh, kind of have any control on the vehicles because they are spread all over the place right so i was uh, so uh, bent upon carrying out my ceo's orders and his wishes that i just wouldn't let uh, that uh, that officer who was there for detailing these vehicles budge so the poor guy had to give a call to my ceo and he had to ask me whom have you sent and she's uh-huh. she's like so hell bent on not getting the vehicles distributed but but uh, hats off to my ceo he supported he said yes these are my orders and the vehicles went together and i got them back together so it that was how it was wow wow so it was very exciting and right. a great learning Absolutely. and of course uh, after about 3 uh, 4 months i went for my vios which was in bangalore and i came back to the same unit uh, a little more educated and a little more uh, 
conversant with the ways of the army like i said right. i had already been an army daughter right. an army officer's daughter but then uh, being an officer and learning the ropes is very much required so apart from the training you require to know your bread and butter so uh, these are the, the young officers courses specific to your uh, right. core so this was uh, for the army service course that i attended this young officers course absolutely so i mean just to uh, divert this conversation a little bit uh, how like you know you how important do you feel was your father's influence you know being an army officer himself did he offer you know regular uh, mentorship and you know advice and did you take it as it came along or did you chart your own way all throughout well of course my father has been a great influence over uh, my life obviously right. like i say that whatever uh, i am is because of the army right. i would say i am equally i mean not more than that i would say that it is because of my parents so be it my father or my mother definitely my father right. has never tried to uh, kind of you know uh, of course the, the only advice that he gave me before i went into uh, otio was to think again because he knew that i was a very uh, you know like i was a, a never a very athletic kind of a person and right. there uh, in the ota it's required that you uh, need to be very very physically fit so uh the first week or the first day you are made to run a little and by the end of the first week you are running 5 kilometers by the end of the second week you are running 10 kilometers so you know at the right. age of 24 25 when you start doing that suddenly all of a right. sudden it really doesn't speak to well of a, at least a woman's body possibly a man's body would adapt uh, much better right. but then uh, yes there are many problems so Right. uh he he did tell me that uh, you know think about it again because your bent of mind is towards the artistic side of it but sure. uh, like i said that my sister had joined the air force and uh, she had already warned me that uh, you know they are toughening up uh, trainings and uh, you will not be possibly be able to withstand that because Uh, there are stories horror stories of my fainting in the assembly school assembly i was that delicate so right, right, right. so that was another thing so she kind of warned me and she said uh, you know you think about it it's not uh, necessary that you go and join the army so right. i would say that uh, i took these warnings very well mm-hmm. but they kind of gave me that uh, determination that mental determination that come what may i will not come back home without getting commissioned as an officer and Absolutely. believe you me rahul right i can you know vouch for it that you might not have the physical strength but right. the mental strength if you have right you can achieve anything you can absolutely, absolutely achieve anything so in this six months i not only passed out i got commissioned as an officer but possibly i was amongst the very few who did not fall or who didn't faint because right. obviously you are made to train in all kinds of weather scorching mm-hmm. sun and the chennai weather is not very forgiving right so, absolutely uh, yeah <laughs> so mental strength really matters and uh, i think if you have your goal in sight if you have your uh, target uh, kind of fixed right then 
so that's why when you ask me what i remember about the academy i remember very little the only uh-huh. uh thing that i remember was the goal was to pass out with honor as an officer even one of my friends who's an army officer now uh, he was he in fact had to lie to his father when he went for ssp so i no no uh, see yeah. uh, my um, why i'm saying that my father and my sister they asked me to think again is knowing my uh, oh. you know like uh, when when you see that a person is too delicate just right. for that i mean it's not that they are doubting my ability or anything it's sure. just that they are kind of warning me that things are not that rosy because uh, uh, sometimes we have this very glamorous Im- image and you go in uh, headlong and you rush into things uh, without thinking so it was yeah. just that he was just giving me a friendly warning and uh, more so because he was a uh, gto you know the, the yeah. officer who tests uh, the groups and teams on the in ssb so he yeah. was a group testing officer in the ssb so he he was kind of so what i am uh, his daughter but then he knows how my psyche works and how i think and stuff like that right. so that is the reason why he kind of told me that you you know think again all right all right not yeah. to discourage me at all but then that kind of yes definitely that uh, kind of egg me on more yeah so is that something you think is uh, you know a kind of a part of your personality as in you like to challenge uh, premeditated uh, opinions or anything that uh, you, i mean you like to prove uh, people wrong so to speak is that something that is part of your personality in general or is that like just determination I think now that you talk about it I never thought about it like that but now that you are saying it yes possibly I would definitely like to uh, say that uh, I generally like to uh, prove that no no you know there is no set way of doing things and there is a different way also so yes right. in that sense uh, definitely yeah. I like to be a prove people wrong <laughs> right right so i mean that that is something that uh, kind of came across so okay so let's uh, return to your journey now at uh, amritsar and you went to the young officers training and then you got posted back to the same uh, battalion the army uh, officers corps so uh, yeah so then where did that journey take you after that so at the end of my tenure in amritsar i got married and okay. uh, that was to an army officer he was in the bihar regiment uh, he was an infantry officer all right so uh, that was one uh, memorable time which i had in amritsar because uh, this was right before uh, i got posted out from there like you know the postings mm-hmm. are for two years so right. uh, just a, yeah we got married on 22nd of february 2002 and uh, thereafter he was on his way to a rush rifle unit uh, which was being uh, raised in the northern command which is uh, jnk okay and i decided to uh, follow him i decided right. to take a posting to shrinagar right. so from right. amritsar he went to kupwara and i went to uh, shrinagar all right all right so uh, that would have been a rosy sort of time right uh, like, like uh, paradise on earth <laughs> called kashmir right so 
Yeah, but the only yeah. thing is that uh, he was uh, quite apart, and the only time we would meet uh, was at airports where we would be going back to our hometown, and that's about uh-huh. it. Okay, so okay, that please. was hardly I. <laughs> that is hardly how the army life to... is because yeah. All right, all right. So, uh, so then, uh, how was this? Uh, how long were you then in Kashmir? For I was there for, for two, two years. and a half years. Okay. Uh, two and a half years and uh, during that time my daughter was also born All so right. she's turning 18 now it's been a long long time uh, wow. so time flies yeah wow. so she was born there she was about six seven months when I got posted out and I from uh, Srinagar I went to Dehradun okay, okay. and uh, luckily we got a posting together my husband and I and we started our house there uh, in Dehradun he was posted at IMA and I was posted at uh, Clement Town mm-hmm. this is in a unit all right so all right. Dehradun uh, this distance between uh, IMA and Clement Town is about 16 kilometers so I used to go up and down I oh. would do the traveling and he would be there because uh, it was easier for him to you know kind of sure. take care of the small child Sure, sure, sure. So, I mean, so parenting has its own challenges, right? And then you couple it with the army life. So it becomes a whole new uh, challenge, so to speak. So how did Definitely. you... Yeah, so how did you like sort of uh, come to terms with it? And of course, I mean, you got you guys got posted in the same uh, town. So that definitely helped. But apart from that, you know, how did that change you as a person? Like, did it make any changes at all to your personality and how you dealt with things? Uh, not really because, uh, you know, in Srinagar, uh, my husband wasn't around and that was a field station and I was uh, the adjutant uh, in that uh, battalion. So right. I used to be the first one to reach the unit, uh, the unit and I used to be the last one to come back. So I used to come back by 11 o'clock and... Uh, I have a very peculiar problem. The problem okay. is that once I reach the office, I forget everything else. So my All personal, right. uh, yeah, <laughs> so I kind of de- develop an amnesia and uh, what is happening back at home, I just forget. Right. So that is not a very good thing because, uh, and plus uh, I, I really don't, uh, you know, kind of uh, want anybody to point out a finger to mm-hmm. point out about my job or my work or anything so so that dedication is completely 100 percent. so my daughter uh, she was there for about two three months uh, and and she was just about five months old so right. you can imagine uh, the kind of uh, care that the child would require but i had taken a full-time maid at right. that point of time it was just just possible to you know go along and uh, luckily I got posted out from there and in Dehradun of course my husband was there to support Mm. and look after the child so that was one Mm. time I really didn't have to look over my shoulder but then after uh, Dehradun I got posted to a place called Changsari which is in the northeast again the same scenario as again a uh, modified field Sure. Uh, no help could be taken so I had to you know employ a local help uh, full time because right. uh, the time that I was there in the office uh, my daughter had already turned four by this okay. time 
Right. So uh, she required somebody to be there all the time because you know how it is with kids that you uh, have to give them constant attention and naturally mm-hmm. um, it's not possible for me to do that. Right. So uh, God has been kind. I would just say that somehow I have managed uh, in all these stations because uh, right. otherwise it, it gets pretty. Uh, you know, it weighs on your psyche. Absolutely. That, uh, you know, the way the child is being brought up and what mm-hmm. she's learning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and skipping schools. Yeah. I mean, India itself is so diverse that, you know, you move from one geography to the other. You have to adapt, you know, to Absolutely. A, a new language. Uh, and your husband is still in Dehradun? No, so he got posted. Uh, he got posted to Nagaland, and I got okay. posted to Chengsai. So, so again, uh, the distance was quite a lot. That it was not, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, we couldn't go and meet each other at uh, week on weekends because, uh, firstly, uh, the insurgency which is there in these areas, mm-hmm. and secondly, the distance also was too much uh, for any traveling of this kind to be possible. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So when did you actually, you know, start thinking of yourself as a leader of men and, you know, as somebody who could actually offer strategic uh, advice and, you know, you have to go through middle management in order to get to top management in a sense, right? So that's Absolutely. Really, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I would say uh, Amritsar was kind of a learning ground for me. Because I was still learning how uh, the army works, how it functions, what am I supposed to do? Basically, learning the ropes. Right. So, Srinagar again was a, a different. Uh, so, I had taken a lot of convoys to Leh because Leh gets cut off from uh, the rest of uh, India uh, mm-hmm. during winters by because of snowfall and all that. Uh, so uh, the winter stocking has to be carried out when the road is open. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard about that. So that was right. one of the tasks of our unit. So right. I've taken a lot of uh, converse to lay. So, right. uh, you know, in the army, how it is that the moment you're commissioned to become an officer, you right. become a leader right. by your inherent uh, mm-hmm. uh, commission that is given to you by the government. Hmm. But uh, you have to kind of uh, progress yourself in your head. So right. I think that started uh, coming towards the, uh, of course, uh, during the convoys also. I can hmm. say that the first convoy that I took uh, when I stood my ground, uh, you, you remember this example that I gave you, right? Right. right uh, that right. Uh, in, uh, with three months of service, I had gone with this convoy of 75 vehicles and I stood my ground and all that. So... Of course, that that is, again, I was a representative of the unit and I had to uh, show my men that I, I am the leader and I have to lead. And in fact, there was an incident, I'll just uh, tell you that by the time we got this brigade moved. So there was a time when uh, we were just left there and there was no food for us. I mean, generally, it never happens in the army. Right. But uh, for some reason, they were setting up their, uh, you know, tents and uh, they kind of uh, forgot that we were there. So I just saw these people 
and i walked up to that uh, ceo and i told him that sir uh, we are also there and these men are hungry and they have driven you for the last 4 uh, 5 hours they've been driving and now it seems that there is no lunch so right. he was like completely taken aback and uh, the langar was told to you know immediately cater for lunch for us so that was mm-hmm. the time again you know that is how you have to uh, kind of blossom in your uh, role uh, in your role exactly exactly right. Right. so um, i i was just born in the army i can't say that i was anything more than that but right. then these are the things that you have to kind of uh, put your neck out you have to feel for yourself and uh, and stick to your ground where you know that you should yeah effectively i think uh, it was possibly in dehradun that uh, this mm-hmm. entire uh, my personality kind of took shape i would say right 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 and so that you, was the third tenure the third tenure so you must be about yeah. 32 i guess at that point 31 32 uh, exactly yeah okay. yeah 30 yeah huh, 30 i think no i think yeah 32 i think yes Okay. You're right. Okay. Okay. So around thirty-two was when you started to blossom into your role, and you know started to think of yourself more as a, a leader. So absolutely what, right. So then, what did you do in order to you know uh, assume this role completely? So you, I mean, you started thinking of yourself as that, but did you take any deliberate steps? Uh, you know to pay more attention to assume to achieving your potential because it could have been it would have been very easy for you to you know your husband's also an army officer so take a step back and you know concentrate on raising a family and all that but you know you have realized that you are now a leader and want to achieve your potential so what, did you take any specific steps in that regard oh absolutely i uh that's why i told you that i am uh, kind of a little different in my opinion i give a lot of importance to the fact that uh, you know the job which is kind of uh, giving me so much uh, i would say self esteem and i i i'm sorry that i said job because it's not a job i that's the reason why i said it was my calling right um so i feel that uh, requires complete dedication so i never it never entered my mind that i have to uh, kind of focus uh, on raising a family and mm-hmm. i should you know kind of concentrate more on my uh, family or my child mm-hmm. or uh, you know kind of neglect no that never occurred to me at all and i have this problem that whenever i go to office i completely forget the Right, right house behind mm-hmm. so i i can still remember occasions when my daughter has been very ill and mm-hmm. i've gone to office and i have completely forgotten to you know check back and ask her because i've got so involved in the things in the office i don't say that's it's a very uh, good thing because uh, as a mm-hmm. mother we are not supposed to be that way but then that's how i am and uh, Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i i i don't feel apologetic for it also in fact no, i mean that's absolutely. that's how i'm made that's right, how right. i'm made so right um uh, so yes uh, definitely i realize that uh, the men look upon you and 
actually mm-hmm. uh, if you really see rahul mm-hmm. you just have to show that you mean business and mm-hmm. that you are uh, you know your beans so you should know your job very well you should be very thorough at it and right. people will automatically respect you if you don't okay. know your job and you try to hoodwink anywhere then right. people see through you you know you're blustering or you're uh, so so yeah. there is a very old age adage that uh, respect has to be commanded it cannot be demanded right right yeah so right. Uh, you have to command respect because it has to come uh, automatically so i still remember that you know uh, when you try and you push people towards upgrading my, themselves if they are not getting their promotion then you you know they are lacking in some qualification you push them and you mm-hmm. at that point of time they would think oh you know what a busy body she is and she's trying to you know kind of interfere and meddle but then later on they always remember that this was for my own good i got this promotion just because i did that upgradation or uh suppose uh, there is somebody who is fit enough to become an officer and you mentor him or you guide him or you give him the encouragement to become an officer so that is again uh, a big big uh, what should i say satisfaction that you have that it's a big jump from being a jawan to becoming an officer absolutely in status in the uh, the financial part of it everything Right. your outlook and your vision your personality it completely changes mm-hmm. so it's a big change so that's what right. i'm saying there are so many facets to uh, being a leader you can right. be a mentor you can be you know uh, training them you can be pushing them towards uh, developing themselves by uh, taking courses or promotion exams or whatever right. uh, and i think uh, being that uh, that listening uh, person a person who would just listen if you listen to your men i think it kind of uh, relieves them of more than 90% of their angst they just you don't have to give them any advice you just possibly just have to listen to them and the person feels so much light right right so uh, do you think uh, women have a natural advantage at you know the softer side of leadership like when it comes to things like listening and you know empathizing with your men and actually understanding you know the thing, where they come from uh, do you feel that at all like the uh, softer sides of leadership essentially is is something that women have a natural advantage in? Uh, i would i really wouldn't like to put it like that you know black and white there are some there, there are so many men in fact right. uh, the army was full of men only and they have been right. uh, doing just fine right. so but yes yes that uh, i i think uh, empathy and uh, that listening and caring and nurturing comes uh, naturally to women but i would not say that that is a 100% rule i wouldn't say that but then yeah. definitely yes to yeah, some yeah. extent yes yeah there is a case definitely to be made there right definitely so, definitely right. but again uh, that doesn't uh, go to say that uh, right. you know men aren't doing it men do it very well absolutely and they yeah. have been doing it right just that naturally i mean in society uh, that role is played generally by 
women more than men right so that is something that uh where this was coming from so anyways so Absolutely. like as a child did you spend any time in the northeast at all uh, oh yes uh, my father was posted at shillong so yes i was there uh, in the northeast and so uh, shillong is a beautiful place of right. course this place where i was posted also it was you know something like a resort so staying there okay. if you mm-hmm. come in and have a look at the location of the unit it's actually picturesque it's beautiful right right, right. i can imagine uh, so i mean i'm sure that, i mean apart from the scenic location what what else did, i mean what else did you learn from that culture and your time there no the culture i wouldn't say that uh, from the northeast i can pick up anything because uh, like i said there is insurgency there so your right. uh, interaction with the locals is very very limited you are uh, kind of you know doing your job with the provision of vehicles to the sure. david quarters which is there right and uh, doing your own job so basically that uh, interaction with the local people is not there of course okay. you are doing their uh, the job you're inside a uh, mm-hmm. a kind of a barricaded uh, enclosure okay okay yeah uh, you know just try to picture uh, that uh, there is insurgency there is uh, you know all these people who are wanting to hurt you harm you so whenever you go out you are going out with the convoy or rather right. two or three vehicles going together single vehicles don't move there at all sure 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 okay yeah so it's not like in in delhi you can venture out uh, in a army vehicle and go singly but right. in places like uh, jnk or northeast is it's unthinkable you can't move out of the gate of the unit and right. uh, you've got these watchtowers all over people being on guard every you know 24 hours a day 24/7 uh, sure. 365 so uh, so then what was the transition and like when did you transition in back into human resources or into the training and development side when did that transition happen uh so i got uh, posted from changsari to meerut which is uh, like 90 kilometers away from delhi right and uh, i went uh, again back to the unit and i was uh, for some time doing adjutant but i was given the charge of a company also so in the company what you have you interact with the troops and you are uh, directly responsible for their uh, uh, for everything mm-hmm. for right. the 360 degree development their training morale uh, leave planning so Absolutely. everything you know basically you are the hr manager there so uh, so yeah so uh, i mean in the presentation which you gave at tiss i noticed a lot of you know uh, motivational uh, motivational slides and mm-hmm. uh, yeah a lot of self development focus that i mean that was visible with motivation and self development so is that something that you inculcated uh, like uh, you know inculcated very actively along the way or was it something that came naturally to you were you always into self development and you know motivation and that sense uh i would say that uh, you know like if if any human being doesn't develop then right. he or she becomes passe right so mm-hmm. it is something like that in in case it comes natu- 
naturally to you well and fine otherwise you have to make that effort to develop yourself right. and uh, it it i can also say that you know given the circumstances or uh, the the kind of exposure that you have army gives you a very good exposure of this it right. does give you an extremely good exposure because you know you go in interact with so many people and mm-hmm. uh, because of your appointments and being in the logistics myself uh, you know you have the chance of interacting with a lot of senior officers mm-hmm. so when you are interacting obviously you have to be very clear about what you're talking about you cannot uh, be found wanting in uh, your conviction or your knowledge part of it right you understand right. what i'm saying yeah, so absolutely. i cannot do half baked things i have to go all out and i have to be very clear and very very certain as to what i'm talking about i must right. know my beans very well right. so and uh, yes so here comes my father's uh, role in it because you know from the very beginning he said wherever you go be very mm-hmm. sure to read the standing uh, standing operating procedure standard operating procedures all the policies that are existing there right and uh, you know anything which has to be so once uh, you know what you are supposed to be doing and uh, you're very clear about it then nobody can take you for a ride you know even if somebody uh, tells you ki you're doing this wrong then you can take out that piece of paper on which it is the authority is given you can show it to him and that mm-hmm. kind of you know gives you that kind of stature that mm-hmm. okay so this is not a person to be messed around with she knows right. her uh, beans beans right yes so so that, that's that's a part of it and right. obviously uh, the army itself makes you do undergo so many courses to develop you Mm-hmm. and obviously you have to do that learning part yourself otherwise uh, you'll be fine found wanting definitely right right so the process itself inculcates that sense of self development in inside of you absolutely absolutely right right and of course uh, apart from that i would say that it is your own interest also right because not not all officers i mean bother with it right or do they i would say generally uh, you would find army officers being uh, you know a little conscious about how they function so they have their own uh, sense right. of uh, allegiance to the uniform and to the job yeah, yeah absolutely so generally yeah. you would find people uh, adhering to this right 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 now but you are doing an mba in human resource management after you know all this amazing experience in the army so i mean that bent of mind is definitely very strong with you i would say oh uh, you know you're being yeah. very kind because there are a lot of officers who you know upgrade themselves in right. fact uh, i have a coursemate who have was uh, on study leave and that guy was like hats off to him i still cannot uh, you know understand how he was doing it but he was taking two courses uh, at one point of time so he was like a wow. complete uh, knowledge freak you know so he right. was doing his financial uh, degree also and he was doing fms uh, mba also so mm-hmm. these classes he used to attend in the morning uh, by going there physically and in the evening he would go to fms and so it was like crazy 
right so I there can't... are many such uh, many such cases you know many such people who are doing so much to upgrade themselves definitely so uh, so yeah so i mean then once you once you've reached uh, this seniority and this position uh, then how do you grow from there like within the army i want to understand is uh, how do you put, put, like position yourself uh, like do you follow the general route in which everybody gets promoted or do you are there ways in which you can get promoted faster and rise to the top of a function so uh, in fact uh, the army has just uh, decided to give permanent commission to uh, the women officers now okay earlier that wasn't so, the case so yes earlier that was not the case okay so that is how it is so that now uh, you know the women officers will have the option of uh, being uh, uh, kind of uh, being pitted against uh, the male officers in the board selection boards and then you know going ahead so their performance and the acrs and how they have fared uh, mm-hmm. matters a lot the courses the kind of courses they have uh, taken and mm-hmm. how they have developed themselves because uh, in the later part of your service or in the senior roles it's very essential that you do the right courses you develop yourself in the correct manner to mm-hmm. attain those uh, criteria that are that is the minimum qualification which is laid down for your promotion so yes right. that will all come now mm-hmm. uh, however it was not there uh, so so uh, there are two uh, you know branches uh, of the army or the arms of services which have uh, given uh, women officers promotion to the rank of full colonel which is jag and ac so ac okay. is the education core the army education core right. and jag uh, you know that that is the that that relates to the legal part okay okay mm-hmm. yeah judiciary so to speak yeah yes judge advocate general yes judge advocate general okay i mean that brings me to the next part of uh, the, the three questions i mean we've sort of dealt with where do you come from so where are you mm-hmm. going is the next part in that sense so uh like now what is your plan with all this experience that you've gained from the army and you know what it how it has shaped you and uh, made you into this leader so what do you plan to do with it uh like i said and you also mentioned that i retired on the 4th of december this year Right. So, uh, I am kind of uh, transitioning into another phase of life, another chapter. Right. And uh, re-retiring out of the olive greens to the corporate uh, way of life. So Absolutely. That is one thing that I am uh, wanting to do. But you know, the primary aim that I have right now, which is you know, which has been there for a very very long time, is to somehow give back to the society. Okay. Now Rahul that is one thing which I'm really not uh, kind of figuring out how do I do that because sometimes I think about starting an NGO right. or maybe you know an educational institution or a you know MSME where I can you provide uh, employment to a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, who who actually need it you know like uh, there are so many handicrafts so there are so many uh, arts uh, arts in india which are dying out 
so mm-hmm. to kind of uh, give impetus to those dying arts and uh, give employment to people and to right. bring back that recognition is uh, what i want to do right. but uh, in my current role or what i have learned over all these years possibly that not would not be very very suitable mm-hmm. hence uh, that desire to kind of you know uh, experiment with the corporate way of life mm-hmm. uh, and uh, just gain some experience so that i know what to do and how to do so i have to possibly relearn the ropes here Mm-hmm. outside the basic of course you know how to uh, deal or become a leader or that any other part i'm not lacking but how to go about starting right. this uh, starting you know, something uh, from scratch I, I, yeah. yes exactly it is not something which is already there right. and it is not something which has a process so you have to create your own processes right and you have right. to kind of uh, carve out your own uh, niche where mm-hmm. you would you know uh, function with with the uh, optimum uh, efficiency so right. i have to figure out what i want to do uh, to kind of give back to the society so that is yes one big question mark all right all right so is there something that uh, deeply resonates with you about uh, you know social uh, entrepreneurship or something about society that you think needs to be fixed that Uh, i mean is that a mission that you have in mind uh like i said that some you know uh the education i think is one area which is sorely needed and that to with people you know there are children uh, mm-hmm. in these flower flung villages who are not uh, they don't have access to education Right. so uh, education and higher education also there is a, an urgent need to mm-hmm. you know facilitate people to take that uh, opportunity to develop themselves because Absolutely. without the opportunity somebody might be very very talented and obviously uh, he'll never come to light because of that lack of opportunity so it's very uh, uh, imperative that we need to develop uh, for our country to grow i think it is uh, imperative that we you know develop the last child mm. of the most far flung uh, villages also right so right, throughout right. the country it has to be done how it is to be done is something which i have need to figure out absolutely so you want to get into nation building at some level right now right Uh yes so you if you want to call it that i i think that i have got a lot from uh, this life and god mm-hmm. has been very kind and right. i think i need to you know pay back in whatever way i can uh, my utmost i should give back to the society for uh, sure. for the blessings that i have had uh, all these years sure absolutely so uh, yeah so now let's move to the third question uh, which is what have you learned along the way so what have been your top 3 learnings let's just say from your journey or from everything that has happened to you over all these years so what would the top 3 things be mm, so now here is the time where i want to you know fill up the blanks because uh, obviously what we talked about was a very kind of a hunky dory kind of a story sure. so 
there uh, all everyone's lives has its ups and downs i'm right. sure uh, everybody goes through their own challenges everybody goes through their own tough times sure. so the first thing is that uh, when the tough when the going gets tough the tough gets mm-hmm. going right yeah so right. that is one of the things that is there definitely mm-hmm. and uh, the second uh, uh, thing that i have learned is the struggle you are in today is developing mm-hmm. the strength you need for tomorrow right right that okay. is another learning that i now why i say this i'll come to it sure so i talked about that uh, time which was a very bad time when i you know uh mm-hmm. uh my sister got uh called for uh, training to the fs academy and i couldn't go right i couldn't right. go because uh, what happened was the there were only 25 women uh, who were uh, taken in a course and right. uh, i went for the ssp qualified and somehow my call letter never came wow so that was one big setback because i never applied for the second the next course right right so oh. when i applied for the course after that so i like i told you that i was there for the 15th course i should have joined the 13th course oh. but fate had it otherwise so i joined a year later otherwise right. both sisters would have been training at the same time i would have passed out earlier but then that call letter never came i uh, possibly my you know those i was not there in that merit of 25 people so mm. the next time that i went for uh, the interview or uh, rather sorry i'm sorry the ssb i made right. it and i joined the academy so uh, that period that one year period was a terrible time because um how should mm. i put it that immense pressure was there i had already completed my post graduation mm-hmm. and i was not wanting to join something else and i you know um, uh, that uh, thing about getting married was also there that okay you get married uh, and uh, you know go on your uh, way and you do your things as it is sure. like yeah. in all houses is there Right. So that was a pretty bleak black kind of a period and uh, like I said my sister supported me and she was like uh, you know she went all out to mm. um, help me get out of this uh, miserable time and yeah. uh, I asked my father for uh, just one year you know right. to study and to make mm. something out of my life before getting married Right. So one year was given to me by him and I started studying for civil services. In the meantime, I got the call letter from SSB and I went there. <laughs> and I obviously rest is history. So that right. was one uh, black period of my life. Right. I would right. say because uh you would uh, kind of very much mm-hmm. you know how yeah. it goes because the youth of today when when you know they are on the verge of uh, getting a job or not getting what they actually want uh, it's pretty defeating so why i wanted to talk about this was that you right. know you know you have to hold on you have right. to have that resilience you have uh, to have that mental strength yeah, yeah? Pay, patience that's very important yes right. that right. patience because Mm-hmm. uh good things are bound to come that nothing you know lasts forever 
So right. this too shall pass. Some time or the other, it will pass. Right. I so actually have that. that that's the... exactly. Yeah. Go on, yeah. go on. And no, no, sorry, sorry. No, please, you, you. No, I said I, I have like I have that written in, on a plaque in my room. So like this too shall pass is something that I kind of swear by. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So you just have to kind of hang on there and mm. just wait it out. Of course, right. mm. do everything possible within your means to develop yourself in the meantime, but wait right. it out and with patience and grace. So that absolutely. is uh, one thing. Right. The second thing, a very bad time that I had was immediately after my marriage, uh, within the year, I lost my mother. And she oh. went in a very gruesome kind of a way. She, you know, she sustained mm. almost 90% of burns. So right. again, that was a, a mm. very sad period of uh, time when, you know, mm. uh, the day she died, I received that, uh, I, I, you know, I realized that I had conceived my daughter. So oh. it was a physical, mental, all kinds of trauma. Sure. That was sure. one bad time that I had. Right. And I haven't mm. uh, mentioned this, but uh, three and a half years ago, I lost my husband. Oh, so, all right. So again, uh, no, not at all. So that is right. how life is. Uh, right. But what I'm trying to say is that you know, right. everybody goes through their share of uh, sorrows, mm. of right. complete uh, reaching the uh, mm. rock bottom. You yeah. don't the think nadir. that you can ever get up. Yes, absolutely. Right. right. So, you know, one moment you are at the zenith and the next moment you are at the nadir. And right. you don't know you whether you will be able to get up and mm. but the only thing that I'm that's the reason why I say that I'm very blessed. Right. In the sense that I've always, God has always given me that mental strength to again yeah. rise, again, right. you know, look at it as a new uh, morning right. and uh, to go forward. Wow. So Wonderful. that is uh, how I feel that, you know, one should be because mm. actually when I hear about these small little children, uh, taking their lives when mm -hmm. you know something doesn't work i am completely devastated that how can somebody is life so uh, mm -hmm. you know it, it's such a priceless thing how can you use mm -hmm. it in such a you know with utter disregard right. it's something it's a mm -hmm. complete insult to you know humanity i i really don't know because right. um, taking your own life is akin to murder you're not Absolutely. murdering somebody else. You're murdering yourself. Yourself, yeah. And who gave you the right to do that? Absolutely. I mean, in, in a sense, there is a mental health crisis, right? That needs to Absolutely. be dealt with. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I think, I mean, the statistics are like every sixth person in the country is depressed. So, I mean, it's a much bigger crisis than even like a covid or uh, absolutely like and that. the covid has mm. kind of you know brought it to the forefront yeah it's... i mean people have been just uh, locked up locked inside their rooms for like a year and a half so i'm sure it's going to be at its, at its peak now so yeah absolutely I mean... absolutely yeah, so, I mean, so do you, have you actually seen uh, this uh, in the army also? Like people, like a rise in mental health 
the crisis, like uh, issue cases and issues within the army? See, uh, I would say that army is a subset of the society. Right. So whatever is there in the society obviously will have a reflection on the army. There's no Absolutely. doubt about it. Right. I'm not saying that there are many such cases, but yes, since uh, over the period of time, the cases have risen, definitely. Right, right. Definitely. Right. So that's all mm. the more reason why this, uh, that is exactly what I was referring to when I was talking about, you know, mm. uh, being with your men, uh, giving mm. them that kind of attention or uh, so, right. so that is very much uh, needed mm. to avert such kind of uh, untoward and unpleasant incidents. Absolutely, absolutely and it can be done it can be done it is not that you just need to be observant right 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 you know, maybe that's the social issue that you know you should tackle as part of your uh, msme or whatever it is that you're planning to create exactly exactly yeah. exactly so and, and uh, the worst part is in india mental health is uh, kind of mm. uh, taken as a taboo it's not right. taken very kindly that yeah, if I absolutely. say that, okay, you know, I am depressed, then ah. the eyebrows go up. So it is not yeah. something people take very kindly to. Yeah, so that's also a lack like, of education about mental health. Also, absolutely, right? absolutely. Yeah. So right. if a person is seeking out help, like, like you have cold cough or fever and you go to the doctor, mm. I think there would be a time when this mental health will be treated like that only. And it is very urgent that it happens at the earliest. Yeah, I mean, you know, like if every sixth person is suffering from it, then, you know, we need to like really quicken the pace of response that, you know, that we have to this crisis. Because otherwise it's going to become a big issue. So, so yeah, so I think uh, that's... Uh, that's the end of it like you know i think we've covered a lot of ground today and uh, yeah thank you ma'am for your time and for your uh, candor more than anything in sharing uh, your story with uh, the listeners of from the top and uh, thank you so much rahul i do not uh, aspire to become you know uh, I, I don't uh, what i have said is from my heart and uh, i have not embellished anything just to show myself you know uh, i'm human after all so <laughs> so that, that's what i would say that yeah. that's where that comes from uh, there right. is no desire to kind of uh, lay claim to anything that i have not done absolutely and Mm -hmm. And uh, we need to understand that everybody uh, is, uh, what should I say? It's just about the time or place or opportunity or whatever. But everybody, right. li everybody's life has got some lesson which uh, needs to be learned. There's so right. many stories like that. No, and yours so are I'm, so I'm very, many. <laughs> like, honestly, and I'm very like, thankful to you that... for giving me this opportunity. Really, really thankful. So thankful to you, ma'am, for your time and for your candor once again. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Rahul.